Welcome to the Infertility Feelings Podcast. I am Jesse Brown, and this is Doug Brown with me. And Ayo, I'm here. Yes, you are. You're here. Here. Just say here. 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 And um, we've been thinking about our podcast um, lately, and we are just really blessed to have it. Um, but we were thinking a lot about why we started it. What is the point of having a podcast? And what is our message that we want to come across? And why is it called the Infertility Feelings Podcast? We just know that there's so many things to learn about uh, in the infertility journey. There's so many things to learn about your body, yes. about what's going on in your relationship with your friends and all those types of things. And we really truly feel like unless we stop and focus on our feelings, um, we're not getting the full picture of how to care for ourselves. Exactly. I think when you're struggling with infertility and you're in the thick of it, especially when you're in treatment, you are constantly thinking about your body, tweaking it here and there, this pill, this, da, 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 da. when you're talking to another infertility warrior, it can kind of go that way too of like, oh, this or that and really focusing on just your body. And There's so much to know. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Like, it's crazy how I'm at, like I was watching a uh, an Instagram live last night with some fertility doctors. We were both watching it and it it's just it was as fascinating how much there is to know the, the the amount of pharmaceutical drugs you can take, the way they react. It's crazy the the medical expertise it takes to under sometimes understand infertility. Absolutely, and that is important. It's important to think about your body. It's important to know what's going on. But I think what is equally important and has the same weight is what is going on with you and your feelings, and what are you feeling, and what do you do about that. Absolutely. Human beings are such funny creatures. Something can be so negative uh, emotionally for us and it doesn't just magically go away. Some of these pains that happen during infertility can come up 20, 30, 40. <laughs> for the rest of your life, you could be affected by some of these things that are happening right now. I have the best example of that. I was a hairdresser for 15 years and I had a client who had two kids. One, she got pregnant right away. Right. And the second one, she um, struggled for a long time to get pregnant, almost had a miscarriage on a plane. They almost wow. had to emergency land. Um, and then she almost miscarried him, him again. Like it was just big ordeal. Pregnancy was very all over the place and having um, struggle with infertility for that one. She was talking to me one day and she said, I still get so anxious when he leaves the house. He's a teenager, by the way, right. years and years later. And she said, and I never feel that with my, my other one. I always feel like, oh, they're going to be fine. They're just going to be fine. But yeah. it was this child specifically that she was so anxious about still years and years later. And I remember thinking, huh, what was, and I, and I never knew her fertility journey. And I just went, what was your fertility journey with your second child? And then she ends up telling me and divulging this whole story. And I just said, huh, I can't help but think, but maybe those two, that's correlated to what you still think about him is you've, you almost lost him at one point. You almost had an emergency plane landing and you're still carrying that because you haven't really gone back and felt that and grieved and really let it go and let, yeah. and let this child go into the world. And she just started bawling absolutely bawling. I have never thought about it that way. I never thought about my fertility having that much of an effect on me. And it was just this super powerful moment. And it kind of even happened on accident. I wasn't meaning to like be like, let's just cry right now as I'm cutting your bangs. But right. you know, it just organically came out this way. And even the next time she saw me six weeks later, she said that she's still been thinking about what we talked about. And she's been trying to go back and feel all those feelings and think about it. And my point is, is that it still can linger. If you don't go back and think about 
how things are feeling or even in the moment how things are going and feeling, it can still remain years and years and years later. That's really why we created the Infertility Feelings Podcast. I think our hope is that everyone going through infertility in this season of your life would listen to what we're talking about because feelings are incredibly important and they stay with you forever. The way that we go through these things and the way it affects us stays with us forever. It's crazy. That's That's so crazy. There are moments even now, you know, seven, 10 years after some of these things that have happened to us that like actively affect my everyday life. And I think it's so important to know that going into it and to prepare yourself and to build resilience. And, and that's why we, that's why, that's why we do everything that we do at uniquely knitted is to equip you with the tools you need to not only focus on the physical journey of getting pregnant and growing your family or, and however that looks, but also the emotional journey of that whole process. Absolutely. We're just so grateful for you. If this has been enlightening to you and these conversations have been really fruitful, I encourage you to share this with people in your life who are also going through infertility or with family members or friends who are journeying uh, with you through this whole process because uh, feelings really incorporate a lot of our community. Absolutely. And, and you don't and like they happen to us individually, but also they happen in they don't happen in a vacuum. They really happen in this uh, big group. So speaking of community, a big um, place that you get community or have community is in your faith-based community. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just say community twice. Um, And that's what we're going to talk about today is faith. What do you do about it? What does it feel like to have faith in infertility? Mm. Um, I think it's a big, big subject. And Doug and I are going to kind of share like... What it feels like to go through infertility while also being part of a faith community. Exactly. So today we're going to be talking about faith and I think it's very important in the infertility um, journey. Um, Definitely faith is something that comes up and is talked about. Doug and I are not going to sit here and break down every religion because you don't have time enough in your life for Doug to do it and you don't (laughs) want me to do it. So (laughs) that's where we're at. So I think... um, it's just something important to talk about and we're just going to kind of do an overview of what it could feel like to be a part of any faith-based community in while struggling with infertility. And I think it's going to be really good. Doug was a pastor for 10 years. Um, we grew up in the Christian church. Um, so we can pull from, you know, kind of what that feels like um, and what that felt like in our lives to be going through infertility and be struggling. Absolutely. And I think the the point of this podcast is just to talk about the experience of going through something that's incredibly difficult, something that feels like your feels like your body's broken, feels like your relationships in strain and you individually or mm-hmm. you and your partner are just just getting beat up. What is it like to be part of a community of people who are all organized for a religion or around a certain faith group or topic or or all trying to worship and, you know, be part of this thing? Like, how, well, what's that interaction like? Because there are a lot of people who are turning to their faith community in these times of need, and it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic. 
Exactly. I was a pastor for 10 years and we grew up in the Christian church and still are members of the Christian church. And this, again, just to reiterate, this podcast podcast episode is not about breaking down different religions or different faith-based communities. It's not even about like talking to, you know, how does infertility interact with the different types of religions? It's just the concept that uh, religion and faith is there for a specific thing. And then we're struggling with infertility. And then a lot of us, not everyone, um, a lot of us are coming to interact with these groups. What's that experience like? Because it is a really unique one. And also to add, we're not here to push our religious views on anyone. We're just here. We've, we've, we've lived it. You know, we were in a faith-based community um, while struggling with infertility. And I think it's important to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And our experience is unique to us and to the religion that we are in. Um, so I think, is that enough qualifiers? To be qualified <laughs> enough? We are truly not here to uh, do hopefully anything offensive, but there's many people. Many we will people. be doing an altar call though at the end of this podcast. <laughs> so I mean, people get prepared. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, that's not the most Christian line yeah, ever. Seriously. Altar call. <laughs> um, no, it's just so true that so many people are part of are, are part of faith communities and religions, yes. and and they're praying. And what the heck is going on? Because if you're struggling with infertility, it's really difficult. And I think that's the first point that we want to make is that there it just inherently lies this really weird interaction, and that is that faith. Most of the time, and you know, I'm trying to be as broad as I can, but faith most of the time calls us to something greater. Mm-hmm. It, it really like kind of it's the world behind the curtain, so to speak. That like there's everything that we see here. There's a greater meaning. There's something bigger, um, something that we need to have special eyes to see, and something that transforms the way that we live, so that we may be delivered, have a better life, be more holy, more like God. All those types of things. It's this whole world that is calling us to something really great and it, it, it's bringing us up. And I really think that that is an important, I, that even image that like it's bringing us up and infertility, the struggle to grow your family feels like this giant weight around your neck, pulling you down to the bottom of the ocean. So it really is, um, a difficult thing to make sense of because here's religion. It's asking you to do all these things. It's, it's showing us how to have faith. And we, by our faith, we are worshiping God. We are being in union with God and it's bringing us up to this higher plane. But we have this like giant anvil of infertility pulling us down. So how do you make sense of that? That is difficult. And I think what we're here to even talk about is just the interactions we have with people, with the people who lead these faith communities, the people who are part of them. When we walk in the door or when we join the Zoom call or whatever it is now, now. but when we walk in the door and we feel the weight of infertility on our shoulders, and then we're part of a community that's like, let's lift ourselves up and, you know, (laughs) see the world differently and be more holy. What are, like we are seen really as this this case that needs help that this person needs deliverance needs help needs something, and that can be a really awkward and painful be- place to be in for sure. Absolutely, and I think as a woman growing up in a faith based community, it was very much tied into like, well, this is what my body's made to do is have babies. 
So what happens yeah. if that doesn't happen? Am and specifically I, in the Christian church too, totally. that we grew up in, totally. uh, people got married young, they had kids totally. young, and that was definitely totally. like a thing of like, oh, you know, people are doing that. Yeah, exactly. I would get comments like, well, you don't want to get too much older. I'm like, um, I'm tw- like 20, 20, I'm 20. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like things like that, which we can laugh about all those comments in a bit. But um, I just feel like for me, it was very tied into my like womanhood. Like you are a woman when you become a mother Mm. or even like you go back, you're a woman when you become a wife. And then, Mm. then you have this other thing, this other criteria that you have to do is you have to become a, you have to give birth or you have to like whatever. And it's not necessarily that blatant. It's kind of subtle. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's saying that. No one would walk up to me and be like, even now that I've never birthed a child and be like, well, you're less of a woman. It's just this, this subtlety. And I think in a lot of faith-based communities that that's when you become a family is when you have children. And that's when, you know, you are a woman and your body is designed to do this. I remember I heard that so much growing up of like, this is what your body is meant to do. And isn't it beautiful and amazing? So then what happens when it's not? Are you less than a woman? Are you less than a person? Are you less than a family? One way that I think this plays out is an example of Mother's Day in a faith-based community. When I grew up, it was all the mothers would go to church and they would get a flower, which is amazing and beautiful. And I would always want my mom to have a flower because she was a mom. And, you know, you would get to this part in the service where, you know, if you were a mother, we want to honor you and stand up. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. You should be celebrated. Being a mother is, is really hard and it's amazing and it should be something that's honored. But if you flip it on its head and think about people that want to be mothers, that was some of the most painful. Right. And just these subliminal messages of like, I just can't wait to get there so I can stand and then I'll be better as a woman or then I'll be better as a human being or a better like member of this church even. Right. And I think it's like what we talked about in our last episode um, of this mutuality. Like mm. it's not about me, like they are above me or I am below them or even like if I get to that place where I can stand, then I'll be X, Y, Z. It's mm-hmm. about this mutuality. I'll have made it or something. I'll have made it. I'll have made it and I'll have deserved to be honored. Mm. Ooh. Right now, where I'm at in my journey, I don't feel like I should be deserved to be honored, which is hilarious because... Yeah, you're just a married person. That's you're it. You're just a married person. Go over there in your lowly place. <laughs> um, and again, I don't think it was blatantly said. Yeah. I think though in faith-based communities, there's the thing where it's like these subtleties mm-hmm. and then you're left to interpret it yourself. And how right. I interpreted it was I'm less than. Right. Period. That's how I interpreted it. Yeah. And they're not, I mean, speaking, <laughs> I was a pastor for a really long time. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Nobody is sitting around when they plan those moments thinking, you know, that maybe they're aware that people are experiencing infertility, but they're not like, this will really stick it to them, you know? Exactly. But I think that's the, that's kind of why we need to have this conversation exactly. is what do, what do you do? You know, right. what do you do with people who want to have something like, uh, you know, they want to be a mother, uh, but they can't. And then you want to honor mothers. It's a tough situation, yeah. but it, the problem is it's just not talked about. It's not talked about a exactly. ton. Maybe more lately, but not a ton. And what was really cool is because we were so open with our story and we, and you were a pastor at that church, I feel like we actually had a big influence on, you know, helping kind of change the narrative of Mother's Day. And I think this is how you get mutuality is they started before they had the mother's stand, honor the people that were trying to be mothers that had lost children, that had had miscarriages, 
like who, cool, who yeah. are step parents, you know, all those things, all those other yeah. things. And that is how you do mutuality. It's not yeah. about like, okay, let's have all the people that are sad stand because Lord, right. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think it was just an, a, just a acknowledging of those people in the room right. and, and then honoring, you know, the mothers and having them stand is just about mutuality. It's not about them being above you and you being below them. It's just an acknowledgement of pain. But I think that comes with you sharing your story. We were very vocal. You shared our story from stage. Not that everyone can do that. Yeah. But I think the more vocal you are about it, the more that maybe you can f- change your faith-based community yeah. and to do something Make like that. Make them aware of it. Yeah. Make them aware of it. You, that's the only way is it's so hard because when you're struggling with infertility, it it's always exhausting to be like, and I have to educate people. Right. Like that's exhausting. Yeah, like, that's what we talked about on the last podcast. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, how do you educate people? And it's like, but I think just talking about it just and starting with your safe group who do you feel the most comfortable with look around you know and well look around on your zoom maybe (laughs) tap them or send them a personal message or whatever but it's like you know that's how you start it and i think that's a way that we could change the narrative especially on a day like mother's day which can be extremely difficult when someone's struggling with infertility so what's going on exactly when we feel so put down, I guess, because of our infertility struggles. For me, infertility just felt like this weight around my neck. If inf- if infertility was this weight around my neck pulling me down, uh, religion and, you know, for us, Christianity, it felt like these wings that were like supposed to be lifting us up. Right. But I did not feel lift up. I felt at that moment in my life really, you know, held down and pushed down. Um, and I think that's because infertility really is this... Re- an old thing. It is an age old problem of, you know, it's been called many different things for us. We say infertility, other people say barrenness, you know, the inability to conceive is a really old idea. And Mm -hmm. even throughout the Christian scriptures and the Bible, Mm -hmm. there is examples of people being barren Mm -hmm. and that being, you know, almost like a curse. Something that's like the, your generational line will not go on because you are barren. And, all of a sudden you start to wear that around your neck like, oh, am I am I bad? Am I cursed? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's this idea of if religion is supposed to enlighten us, bring us up, and create a new us, and infertility feels like it's pulling us down, I think this idea starts to sneak in of like, am I cursed? Am mm. I... I mean, it's not that extreme, but right. it's that idea of like, am I held back? A- am I not good enough? Am I stuck? And am I going to have to deal with this forever? Am I a left behind type person? Like, no, everyone's right. everyone's getting improving and they're having this oneness with God and I'm just stuck here, and stuck I'm in my angry infertility. And angry. feeling shame yeah. and bitter. Exactly. I'm not in this high. There's no high going on. There's all low. Exactly. And I think it um, it, it feels that way. From the very beginning, and it starts very small. You know, you are trying and you're trying and you're trying. Then you start to feel socially uncomfortable. Like, I don't really, I'm not fitting in. Everyone else is, mm-hmm. I really want this. Moving and, on. Yeah, and then you feel like, it, you know, it starts to grow. Like, well, this is really painful. It's the only thing I can think about. Even at church, I'm just, I want this thing, God, so bad. Sometimes you know, at church, it's even more all-consuming. Yeah, maybe you're praying for it. Maybe it's the, it's the center of your, it becomes the center of your religious life is that, everyone is praying for this. Like, you know, we share it every yeah. day in our, every week in our prayer circle that, you know, keep the, the faith. Yeah. It's you like, know, the, uh, or that like people are wanting this for us. They're praying for it. And then all of a sudden it starts to feel like, 
I'm not the one being delivered, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I have this evil thing that's happening to me, this disease, this curse, and I'm not being delivered. And that is a really strange faith dynamic. For Jesse and I, this looked like a night where our friends got together to pray for us and our upcoming IVF cycle. And for me, it was a moment where I I really felt like we were going to be delivered from this pain, delivered from this struggle. The curse of infertility was going to be, in a way, lifted from us by our faith. And... and um, what an interesting position to be in. Yeah, I look back now and I'm like, ooh. Like, there was, I had so much faith. And that even made it more, quote unquote, stronger to be like, okay, we're going to call all our friends together and we're all going to pray over us. And it's going to like take the, you know, and I think it was on the eve of our taking out our eggs, yeah. I believe. Or yeah. maybe our embryo transfer, I can't remember, which is hilarious now because that was such a big deal then and yeah. you can't even remember details <laughs> of your thing. Um, but it was something like that. It had around IVF time. Um, and yeah, it was, I look back now and I'm like, oh, I had so much faith that it's like, let's check this box. If we have the prayer night, then it's gonna work. And then it doesn't. And that is that, that took me on a journey of like, okay, what does that mean? What yeah. does that feel like? Yeah. I'll never forget going out of that meeting or that, you know, that time and feeling like, okay, okay. Like God has heard our cries. You know, right. God has heard our prayers. Yeah, So many tears. They're, all our friends cried. Everyone cried. Yeah, we were all we calling all cried, out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was this moment of, okay, I think God knows our God is going to hear us and answer our mm -hmm. cries, you know? And, and it made me think of even stories in scripture, of Christian scripture about, mm -hmm. um, you know, where, you know, God heard the cries of his people even to get pregnant. Like, no, there are stories literally where people are, they can't get pregnant and then God hears their cries and then they get pregnant, and, uh -huh. you know, and, and, or it happens in this unconventional way. And I thought, oh, this is, maybe that's going to be our story. We'll have it in some unconventional way, you know? And, um, leaving that and then ha having the transfer happen and it not work and, and then kind of even deciding to move on and not do IVF anymore. I think looking back, that was an interesting moment because it feels like, you know, afterwards it felt like it didn't work. If that makes sense. Like exactly. the prayers didn't work or that God heard us and said no, or, or, right. or didn't hear us or wasn't real or, or it was almost like, like he's I don't there. know what that was. Like he's up there with a light <laughs> switch being like, mm, not enough faith in that room. Not enough tears. I needed more tears. I needed more prayers. I'm just going to switch that light off and not have Justine and Doug get pregnant. It's like, what? Right. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. I'm not right. saying that that was a bad thing no. or that I didn't believe in that or that I still don't. I do right. believe what we did was right and right. we should do that. But I think what I had, the dynamic that I had set up in my head, which is a dynamic that if you're part of a faith community might be set up in your head, which was wrong and which I think is inappropriate, is that if I'm infertile to be good at my religion, I must be delivered. And I think that is a false belief. Can you break that down a little bit? What, what, what do you mean by that? Okay, so... Pastor of 10 years. Hot spot. <laughs> hot seat. Yeah, let's just... I mean, just the idea... Let's talk about religion for a second. Let's talk about uh, faith. And let's. I, and I think that the important idea here is that if we allow our faith system... So, so for us, it would be the Christianity. Like, if we allow... Jesse, if we allow Christianity only to be that we are delivered from the things that are 
painful to us. If that's the entirety of what you know, faith is, is this deliverance system. We do not make a lot of room for people's experiences. There are so many experiences, so many people that are left out of that type of religion. Because if it's like, well, you're struggling with infertility, well, we will have a prayer night and then you will be delivered. Well, if that's the structure that has to exist, then it like we're, we're left out. And what happens to someone that doesn't have a faith community and they do get pregnant, right? Like like, you could just keep going like, Oh, well then what did they do? Exactly. Absolutely. And I think that's the problem with setting up our faith community or our idea of faith like that, and which makes it so difficult. And it makes all of the comments and things that people say feel so much more painful because we feel like the undelivered ones. Exactly. We feel like the ones who didn't have enough faith, who had the prayer night, who was, you know, was anointed, was, you know, surrounded, was lifted up, was, you know, set aside for all these special prayers, all of these things. We're the ones who, who got in that position where they should have been or could have been delivered and then they weren't. So it, you just exist in this really weird vacuum of a world right. that feels like the faith community hasn't made sense for you. And then this is true of all religions is people say some right. of this, you know what I mean? People, like, you know, in the lobby or something like that, or just online or whatever, they're like, you know, I'm praying for you, I'm praying right. for this baby. Or, right. or like, you know, people used to say to me, like, I'm praying for your sperm. Yes. It's just like always felt, one girl, one always said- felt so weird. It was like... No, 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 please don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. That story is amazing. That or like, story is I'm praying time. for your womb or like yes. put hands on your womb. Yep. It's like, uh, <laughs> right. And we were so me, accessible to that because we were open with our story that we almost got the like pity stuff. Like, oh, just have more faith or God doesn't let anything bad happen or, you know, just believe or good works or whatever it was. And those just were so much painful. But I can't, I mean, on the flip side, if you're not outward with your story and you get those comments, that's just going to keep you so far in your head. Yeah. It makes me think about what we talked about in our last podcast about the comments that people say to us. When you say a comment like, well, you know, have you tried this? It's invalidating because in a way, what you're saying is it's your fault because if you would have tried this obscure thing that I know, then you might have gotten pregnant. Right. It's uh, weaponized in a way when it comes to religion when it's like, well, just keep praying. It's like, again, you're making it their fault. You're yeah. making them feel guilty. And it's not that you know they haven't tried this herbal supplement that you've heard of. It's that they don't have enough like faith in God. Right. You know? And then you're sitting next to a woman <laughs> that has four kids and you're like, did she just pray all like, the time? Dang, she's such a good Christian, you she know, <laughs> is, she's just such a good faith person. She just must pray all the time. It's like, no, that's not true. But that's yeah. how it can get so messy. And I think right. this is this podcast is even important for anyone that even doesn't have a faith based community because right. there's a lot of people in the infertility world that have faith based communities. And this, I think, this helps understand that there's like almost like another layer when you right. have a faith based community yeah. is. You know, it's just a big community based on really emotional, moral, mental stuff. And right. that adds a whole nother layer. You know, anyone, everyone is part of communities, whether right. work or, or friend communities right. or just like, you know, hobbies and activities. Uh, specifically, the religious ones are based on some really heavy ideas. You mm-hmm. know, the the existence of God, the existence of a whole structure of morality and how Higher we power how and we ought things. to live, where we go when we die, the meaning of life. Like those right. are some really big ideas. And when we're struggling in the midst of those communities, we're offered a lot of 
things that say, well, may, you know, just keep holding on, keep, keep having faith, you know, try, you know, do all of the things that we do in this religion, but just do them harder. Mm -hmm. It's like, is that really the answer? And I think I go back to, and we have to, I think that's the, where we can go from here has to start from that point of where I said your faith structure, if it's only set up to be a tool of deliverance, then it doesn't make sense of a lot of people's experiences. What does deliverance mean? Getting what you want? I think so. Yeah. So it, yeah. whether it would be, say you're sick, right. maybe uh, your marriage uh, has just gone to trash, you know what I mean? Or your um, your career or a substance abuse or, or whatever it would be. If anything that's plaguing you and holding you down, the idea seems to be that the the religion that you're a part of can deliver you out of these struggles. What do we do about that? Doug, if we didn't go down the adoption foster care route, we would be 36 year olds sitting in church with no kids. So how do you do that? And then now we would start to get the comments of, well, you know, you'll have your afterlife, you'll have heaven and you'll have your mansion and you'll have, so, yeah, things will be made right. Someday, things will be made you know, right like eventually. That. So now we're not getting as many like, oh, we're still praying for you, which we probably would. But you know, it's more like going that direction of like, well, it'll right. all work out or, you know, at least you have your dog or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do we do that? I think from a faith perspective, it's just understanding that there's more to life than being blessed or cursed. That, that, that's not, that's not how the faith community like world is split up. You know, in Christianity, right. it's not like, well, something bad happened to you. Well, not too bad. You're cursed. And, or, right. Oh, you got delivered. Great. You're one of the saved ones. Like that's not how it works. Christianity for us is full of stories of people who live through horrific things and come out of horrific things and go back into them. It's part of life that bad things happen and happen to us and that there's so much evil in the world. There's so much bad things. There's so much pain. Our religions make sense of that and our faith makes sense of that. For us, speaking from a Christian perspective, God makes sense of all of that pain. It's our way of making through it, making it through these types of pains is that is that we can be emotionally changed. We can rely on community to meet our needs. We can grow. And if we don't allow there to be all that nuance, then we're kind of stuck in that thinking of, well, I either have to be delivered to move on. You know, like I have right. to make it out of this situation to move on. But it's not true because you can stay in this situation and still be happy. You know, you can grow and you can live a life that is full and good, yet still have this thing that you live with for the rest of your life. You know, you don't, you don't have to leave it and be delivered out of it. Yes. And I think that's what we talk about with infertility all the time is we talk about you can still be happy. Good and bad can both exist. Being joyful and being sad are can be hand in hand. Right. And I think you can if you if you know those principles outside of outside of your faith journey, you can bring them into your faith journey. And for me, a really practical thing would be ask questions to your faith. Yeah, I think that's the practical you know? way to do it is is you just have to share what's going on. And you you, have, you have like you can't disappear. So I think yeah. that's the biggest thing is for us, you know, if you know or say you're going through this and you, you're the people are praying for you, they're they're wanting this for you and say it doesn't happen, if you've set up in your mind either I have to be delivered out of this and the 
we have to get pregnant and this has to happen or else we're just left behind. If that's the way it's set up in your head, no one is going to grow. Like the community will not grow. But yes. if, if you say, well, I'm and not... the community will remain to say those comments. Yeah, exactly. But if you say like, I'm not going to go anywhere, I'm going to be honest and share my story that I still want this still don't have it, still in pain, still going through this, but still I am growing and I'm, you know, I'm part of an active part of this community, then I think it forces the community to pay attention to it. Exactly. And I think my advice to someone who is scared to share because of comments, especially in faith-based communities, the comments, I would just say, it's worth it. Get through it get through the comments, share it anyway, because there's got to be something. There's got to be some sort of relationship that you can have with someone with mutuality, even with someone who maybe has kids. Mm -hmm. We just heard a story of our Instagram of someone um, DM'd us and said that she has a coworker that got pregnant and you know, she was able to have a great conversation with them and it was totally great. And because she shared, she shared her journey, she shared what was going on and they have like now this mutual, um, respect and love for each other and what they're going through. So I would say, you know, I I know, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to sit in that small group. I know what it's like to sit there and go, I don't want to share because I don't want them to give me relax. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but it's worth it. If you can just keep charging on and just hear those comments and be like, okay, or educate them. Go back to our last podcast. Is this someone that you're going to educate? Is this someone that you're not? And, you know, it's worth it. It could, it could brew beautiful awareness for people around you to know that those comments aren't helpful, but it comes from us. It comes from, you know, sharing your story. It is worth it. I guarantee you, I promise you that somehow, some way it will brew this beautiful relationship with someone. And you might just be doing your part to save the world, literally, because I there think a lot of a lot of um, religions and, and faith communities have set that dynamic up um, that, you know, you either have to be this version of what is really good and holy and and if you have to be delivered out of all this pain um, and, and if you're not, you kind of just go away. But I think staying there, you know, and saying like, I want, you know, I am like, I am part of this community, even though I am still in so much pain, I am dying from this disease or I'm struggling with infertility Mm -hmm. or whatever it is being there and being part of it and saying that that doesn't mean I have to go away. Mm -hmm. You know, the prayer didn't work Mm -hmm. or, you know, if that's even the right way to think about it, you know, the, the deliverance didn't work. I'm still here. That, that can change that community from the inside out. And I think that's really what we desperately need. Absolutely. A great way that you can start to bring change even in your faith community is uh, the fact that Mother's Day is coming up, you know? Yes. And a lot of times people, you know, communities, pastors take this opportunity to thank mothers, to bring attention to mothers, which is great and we should do. It's also a great opportunity to bring attention to the fact that so many people want to be mothers. Yes. And so many, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day, both of those things are in the next couple months. Just bringing awareness to it bringing awareness to the fact that so many people are trying. They may have just had a miscarriage. They may be pregnant. And and all the ways that we become mothers, uh, bringing attention to that and reminding your leaders to bring attention to that is a great step to bring more awareness to the fact that people are going through infertility and that it's, it's part of their community. So to recap, what does it feel like to be involved with a faith-based community and struggle with infertility? For us, we felt like we were cursed. And for me, I held a lot of shame for being a woman 
because there was something that transpired as I was growing up um, that a woman is, you know, you get married and then you have kids and that was your body and what it was designed for. Um, and so I feel like I carried a lot of shame um, in what I felt with my faith and I had a lot of debris in my faith of like, you know, that we were just this cursed couple that was in the corner that was like, oh, don't look over there. You know, they got problems, you know. And how you move on is I think you need to address the fact that that's not all there is in these faith communities. In Christianity for us, that's not all that there is, is cursed and blessed, cursed and blessed. There, are, There's a wider range of people experiencing more things that you don't have to just wait for things to be made new someday. There is hope for all of us right now. There is, there is emotional healing through the communities that we're a part of, and you have access to that now. And the way that we start doing it is we just start sharing our stories, being open and honest about what we're going through. And you can do it. I know it's difficult. I know, I know what it is like. I have sat there in that faith-based community my entire life. And I know that it is scary to be vulnerable. It is scary to um, share, especially to a group of, I'm talking to the ladies right now, especially to a group of ladies that all have kids. It just is. It just is. You you go back and you feel less than and you feel like they're looking at you like, oh, you little sad soul. But I would encourage you to run towards mutuality with them and run towards, you know, having them know your story and know what you're going through. Um, and you can do it. It's, it's not easy, but you can do it. Get past the comments, get past all those things. And those things are going to happen and just keep charging through for this beautiful community that you could have. So that was a light topic. So just the easy light topic of faith and Do you know infertility. this was going to be our second episode? Yeah, that would have been too much, I think. Just... That was going to be our second episode. And I'm. we started to talk about it and how we were going to approach it. And it was just like, mm, That's a big one. Let's just wait. Let's just wait until we can really think about this one. Yeah. It's a complicated topic because... It is complicated. Some people aren't religious at all. Like, exactly. You, you know, they have it has zero bearing on their life. They're obviously still part of communities and a lot of these things that we're talking about still stand. But then the uh, there are other people who faith is everything. Exactly. It's literally the air they breathe and their relationship with God makes sense of every moment that they're in. So it's really like a... It's a game changer for people. And if you feel like less than if you feel like you're cursed and you don't have God's blessing on your life, it, that's a huge burden. Yes. Huge burden to, to wear. And what's really cool is this episode came from you guys. I asked, what did you want us to talk about? And this was one of the ones that keep that kept coming up, kept coming up was infertility and faith, infertility and faith. How do you do that? So I feel like that's really, really cool is that this episode is for you guys and it came from you guys. I'm wanting to know um, how to talk about that and what it felt like. And hopefully our heart comes through yeah. in, in what we're wanting to do is yeah. we're not wanting to, wanting to criticize uh, faith Other, communities no. or, or criticize pastors or, no. or leaders or, or the priests or whoever is involved in your faith community. It's just that infertility is a really old idea. And that for me, like spending as a decade as a pastor, like mm -hmm. it's all over scripture. The idea of not being able to reproduce, have kids. Right. It's just an, it's an old idea. And there's a lot of people who pray for 
like hope and they get it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of sometimes the dynamic we can set up in church mm-hmm. is that, oh, something bad is happening to you. We'll pray for it to change. And then it does change. And then those are the stories that get shared on stage. And right. there's a video made about someone, right. you know, right. um, and, 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 and then we can start to think that that's all there is. You know, it's right. like, well, the only option is something miraculous is going to happen and they're going to make a video about me. And and then if that doesn't happen to you, it just feels like you so you just feel so left behind. Yeah. And we just want to give you hope yeah. that there's more to life. There's more to faith. There's more to these religions than just those two options. Maybe that would be something that faith-based communities could do is not always share the stories where it was the happy ending. Yeah. It's like, I'm still processing through this. I don't have all the answers. Right. I'm still in this hard place. That would be something that would be cool. I just thought about that when you were saying it like that. Like, Because those stories do be shared. People tell me all the time, oh my gosh, once you start adopting, you'll get pregnant. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that that didn't happen for. But right. we love to share the stories of the person that struggled with infertility for years and years and years and then got pregnant. That's the story everybody wants to share. And those are the stories you hear everywhere right. because they're like the miracle stories. The news loves the miracle stories. Right. You know, and you so may it's get like, tempted to think that that's what you're like, that has to be my story. Yeah, you know? exactly. And if I do X, Y, Z, it will be. And if I have more faith, it will be. If I pray more, it will be. And I just, I don't think that's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> because and it, and I think it's just it's a false belief from the very beginning, right. you know, that that it has to happen like that. Everyone's story is so different and there's miracles that happen all the time. There's blessings that are all over the yeah. place. Um uh, and it doesn't have to be this one specific thing that you're thinking of. And like like we always say, pain and happiness can coexist. Mm-hmm. You can be sad and happy happy at the same time. There's parts of our life that are sad, parts of our life that are happy and it doesn't have to be this really um like black and white, I went from this to this, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, some days I'm good. Sometimes I'm bad, you know? Right. So if you like our podcast, um, feel free to um, leave a comment or share our podcast with anyone who is struggling with infertility or has someone in their life that's struggling with infertility. All of that is so appreciative um, from our team. So we are grateful for you being here and thank you for listening. And we will be back next Monday for another episode of the infertility feelings podcast.
I'm the Shania Twain of podcasts.